Good day and welcome back to the Homegrown Horticulture Podcast. My name is Tom Bettis. I am a horticulturist with Utah State University Extension. Before starting with Extension, I spent 15 years in the nursery industry. I spent much of this time selling plants to the general public. And one of the more common questions I got was, we have shaded areas around our yard and nothing thrives. What can we plant that will actually do well in the shade? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Additionally, before I get into the main topic, I'm going to include a brief survey. The survey helps me know how to provide the best podcast I can and ask basic questions on how we're doing and how we can improve. If you would be so kind to fill out the survey, I would greatly appreciate it. As I was thinking about the topic for this week's podcast, the shade perennial theme came up and I took a few minutes just to list some shade tolerant perennials that I could think of just off the top of my head. The ones I came up with were Corydalus, Fall Anemone, Brunera, Leopard's Bane, Coral Bells, Hosta, Perennial Geraniums, Larkspur, Monk's Hood, there's another Spring Anemone, then Columbine, and Forget-Me-Nots. There are many more, but these are ones that are very commonly available at local garden centers, and of these, I'm going to talk about three or four of them that I just especially like. The first of these is a perennial called Corydalus, or sometimes it's referred to as Fumatory. It's spelled C-O-R-Y-D-A-L-I-S, Corydalus. Now, this is one that is never terribly popular, but it's relatively reliable, and especially in the spring to early summer, it's quite pretty. The species you usually find is Corydalus lutea, L-U-T-E-A, which I believe in Latin means yellow, and so this is a yellow flowering Corydalus. It can be a little difficult to find from local garden centers, but you can find it or order it online. Corydalus loves cool weather, and so it thrives April through June, and then oftentimes in hotter areas it goes dormant and will partially come back in the fall. Now, Corydalus is somewhat shorter-lived. You can expect three to five years, but it's also self-sowing, and so as it gets established, you may notice that the original plant died because those seeds will come back. It isn't terribly aggressive, and as you see the seedlings come up in the spring, you can just gently dig them and move them or rogue them out if you don't need them. Now, there are many kinds of Corydalus available. Even though I am very partial to the yellow species, there are many hybrids and other species that are oftentimes blue in color that are actually quite pretty. My next shade-tolerant perennial is called Brunera, B-R-U-N-N-E-R-A. It goes by a number of other names, such as Heartleaf Alkanet and Siberian Bug Loss, and also False Forget-Me-Not is another one. Brunera grows to 18 inches high and wide, and so it can be placed in the back of a flower bed as a foundation plant. There are many cultivars of Brunera available. A lot of them have very beautiful variegated leaves with combinations of silver and green. And there's also several yellow leaf varieties available. Another great feature of Brunera is that it has beautiful blue flowers in mid-spring. They're very small, but the plants can produce hundreds of them. 
Well, the plant mixes very well with other spring flowering bulbs and perennials, especially when mixed with daffodils or other yellow plants such as leopard's bane. Bruneras are relatively long-lived and are very durable plants. If they're planted on an east exposure, they're perfectly happy, but usually do well even on the north side of a building or home. Sometimes, because they do like that shade, some of the older foliage can look just a little bit tired by mid-season. If you have a few leaves in your Brunera that are a little bit scorched, it is perfectly fine to take some shears and individually cut those leaves off of the plant following the stem back in toward the middle so you're not cutting that plant martitia style with a bunch of bare stems. The next set of shade perennials I want to talk about are called anemones, A-N-E-M-O-N-E. -E. When you look at it, it looks like anemone, but it's actually pronounced anemone. Anemones have a couple of different flowering groups. Certain species bloom in the spring, while others bloom in late summer and fall and there's a multitude of flower colors ranging from purple, pink, white, and red, depending on the particular one you grow. Most spring-blooming anemones are planted in the fall when you plant other bulbs like the tulips and daffodils. The foliage looks beautiful in the spring as well as the flowers, and the spring-blooming anemones will generally die back as temperatures warm up like other bulbs do. Once the foliage is yellow and brown, it's fine to cut them back. Fall-blooming anemones are often called Japanese anemones, even though they're native to China. They will emerge in the spring and keep their foliage all summer long, and then depending on the cultivar, you will start to see flowers show up in August through September, and some of them bloom through early October. One of the concerns I've heard from folks about fall-blooming anemones is they can get big, and they can, as I mentioned earlier, two to three feet high and wide. It's not really a problem, but you just need to be careful not to put anemones too close to other plants because oftentimes as the anemone grows, it wins and will crowd out other things that you want in your flower bed. One of the reasons I've included these perennials in my list is that they are some that I would grow in my own yard because I think they're beautiful, but also they are low maintenance. The last one here I want to talk about is called Doronicum, and it's spelled D-O-R-O-N-I-C-U-M, and it's commonly called Leopard's Bane. The most common cultivar that you'll find at local garden centers is called Little Leo, and it gets about a foot high and wide. The reason I really like this perennial is that it is spring-blooming, and it is a yellow daisy, which it is the only yellow daisy I know of that blooms in the spring that also tolerates shade. And so it mixes well with other spring-blooming perennials and is pretty low-maintenance. Like other spring-blooming flowers, it can go dormant when the weather gets hot, and if it does, it's not a problem because it'll come back the next spring. Geronicums generally will grow in your flower bed for around four or five years before they fade out and need to be replanted or replaced with something else. But they're easy maintenance, they're quite pretty, and one I feel like is worth growing. With few exceptions, these perennials I've listed will be hardy to at least zone five, many of them zone four. But just to be careful, always check the included plant tag to be sure that the particular plant you're interested in is cold hardy for your area. Well, the time's winding down, and there's so many more perennials that we could talk about. 
We could just go on and on. But thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate your time. If you do have the time, I'd appreciate you going to the show notes and finding the hyperlink to the survey. And please go through it. It's only going to be five or six questions and it will greatly help us improve the quality of the podcast. Thank you again. The Homegrown Horticulture Podcast is a production of Utah State University Extension. The intro and outro music was written by Savannah Peterson, a Utah State University Extension horticulturist and talented musician. It is used by permission. <laughs>